Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another episode of Media Matters for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from, actually it's quite warm for once to say, Edinburgh, but the wind is still going sideways at 8,000 miles an hour, so there is no change there. And it is my absolute pleasure, my absolute delight, that we are joined by the well-renowned, well-respected David Lynch for today. David, how are we? Yeah, good. Thank you. I'm pretty good after that intro. That's, that's very nice. You're very kind of you to say no. I don't usually get described in that way, so I appreciate that. Brill, we thought we'd bring you on with a little pet this morning as well, because there's been a lot going on this week. And ladies and gents, we have got a million things to talk about with David. First of all, we'll get into the, the press conference, a very short one about Leeds. You probably won't be remotely surprised to hear we want to talk about Jude Bellingham. David's exceptional thread on Twitter, which has got a lot of traction. Alternatives, because that's a a topic that's been rightly mentioned by a lot of journalists this week, and the latest on investment. So we hope you're ready, David, because we're about to give you a good grilling with a lot of things to cover as well. So we'll get straight into it. I mean, it was a short press conference this morning ahead of Leeds, although we do know there's an embargo section at, at half 11, which lifts on Sunday. I suppose... From that press conferences, and you'll probably know what I mean when I talk about five-year-olds, Ferraris and Jude Bellinghams, would you say those were the biggest takeaways that you had from the press conference? Yeah, I think it was always going to be the line, wasn't it? Something about Bellingham. I think that was the main talking point going into this. There wasn't a lot of sort of leads chatter in there from, from Jürgen. And obviously, apart from the, the team news, it's just possibly interesting. But yeah, we, we knew it was going to be uh, a, a lot of Jude Bellingham chat in there. And, and Jürgen was... Well, you know, I was going to say he's quite open about it, but I suppose yeah. he did want to make the point that he wasn't talking specifically about Jude Bellingham when he when he made the, when he said the line about uh, Ferraris and, and five year olds at Christmas. Um, you know, he was he was he was more talking generally, but I think it, it was quite clear that that was the point he was making that Liverpool have got to cut the cloth accordingly, you know, and and, and make sensible decisions about what they do in the market. And, and and that's the reason that they can't, you know, get involved in a in a bidding war for someone like Jude Bellingham. Um, I'm not sure I entirely agree with with what he said or yeah. how he's delivered it. I think I think when you get into sort of you know the, the mention of a child in that a five year old, I think you know 
whether he wanted it to or not, and I, you know, I, I don't want to be too critical because he's obviously speaking in second language, but he just come off a, a little patronising to me. Uh, you know, the idea that anyone who believes that Liverpool might be able to to sign Jude Bellingham is, you know, is a child. Is I, I don't like that sort of picture that's being drawn there. Um, and I feel that's a little bit unfair, but you know, obviously, the, the the wider point he's making about you know for Liverpool having so much to do and, and whether they can they can afford to to do that, I suppose that is sensible, and you've got to accept that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting line to come out of it. Yeah, I, I'd agree wholeheartedly with that, and we won't go too much into it because I do want to specific, specifically reference your own Twitter thread as well later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with those sentiments. Uh, I don't think it was the analogy many were expecting. Maybe let's file it under that. And one thing we all, always ask any guest, especially after a, a press conference, we have a section, David, called Beat the Host. So I know there's a long time until Monday night at 8 p.m., but based on what you heard from sort of the intimation of team news around Luis Diaz back in training, few few potential knocks or things to hopefully ignore later on, shall we say, with Canate and Alisson. But what does your gut tell you in regards to what we call beat the host? We always ask our guests for a prediction of the scoreline and Liverpool's first goal scorer. So putting you on the spot a bit, what are you fancying for Monday night? Yeah, I think, um, you know, team news is interesting. I, you, you did mention anything about Canate, and, uh, but I do think he's going to be fit to start. You know, it's the, the vibe I got, so that, that's good news in terms of if Liverpool are looking to keep a clean sheet. So, so I'll back them for that. Um, I, I, and I think, you know, I've got, I've got to say Liverpool are going to win one. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think maybe Liverpool to win 2-0 um, and the goal scorer... Nunez maybe due one so uh, hopefully he can come back into the starting 11 and, and, and get a goal because I think I think he needs a strong start to, uh, sorry strong finish to the season uh, yeah. in terms of confidence it'd be nice to see him get amongst the goals so I'm, I'm picking him for that reason that makes sense yeah and with that in mind I do add I had a, a 2-0 in mind with if it's not going to be Nunez it's probably Salah for us nowadays so I will go with that and Fingers crossed, ladies and gents, we would take any of those in the current climate. So let's hope the result is the same, essentially. And aside from the press conference, I'm sure you had no doubt what we we're going to ask you about as the main topic, David. The, the news that's almost dominated all week, hasn't it, since it, it kind of broke. The Jude, almost the Jude Bellingham story or the saga, I suppose you, you'd call it, taking a big twist around Tuesday night. So... Naturally, there's almost a, I suppose you'd call it a sequence of journalism, journalists, sorry, break the story or update it in regards to, that. you know, the money's not there to do that and other things, if you want to call it that. And Liverpool are looking at the alternative option. It, it almost seemed, I suppose, and maybe the cynicism's coming out, but coordinates in a way, stage by stage, of major journalists like yourself breaking that story. I suppose it's maybe a simple question with not the most simple of answers, what can you tell us about that story, you know, from club sources, from what you've been told? Yeah, so just in, in terms of how it came out, I mean, I've I thought about this really, how to discuss this. I don't want to sort of lift the lid too much on how journalism works. Yeah. Um, but, but I also want to, you know, I see a lot of conspiracy theories out there about the way that yeah. the news was delivered and therefore I think it's worth this value in sort of knocking that down. So what clearly happened, and there, you know, and this is my read on it, and um, you know, being around the pack and, and things, is that 
Paul Joyce has got that news as an exclusive. I mean, that that's not a huge shock. He's an unbelievable journalist. His, his, yeah. his contacts book is is unrivaled on Merseyside. Someone I, you know, personally, I, I really look up to. Uh, so he's he's clearly had that as an exclusive. I think you know, I'm not saying it definitely happened in this situation. I don't want to, like I say, I don't want to lift the lid too much. But I think what you know, I, I know I've worked this way in the past is that sometimes if you get a line, particularly if you're working for the Nationals, it is sometimes you know nice to to sort of share that line out um, yeah. but you know in, in in this case maybe say okay we'll give me 10 minutes of exclusivity um, I'll give you a heads up about it so that you don't miss the paper deadline for it you can get it in your newspapers as well but but I, I will have the story as an initial exclusive. And I think that's that's what happened there. So I don't think it's come out as a, a coordinated club brief or anything like that. I don't think Liverpool has said, this is the time to release this information. I think Paul Joyce has dug this information up, uh, written it up, kn- knows it's true through his contacts and, and, and then shared it around. So, you know, right. a, another journalist are then free to stand it up with their contacts, maybe add a little bit of embellishment from the, their contacts and, and sort of find out little new angles if they can to, to find a new way into it. Um, so yeah. that, that sort of thing happens a lot. So I'm seeing a lot of talk of, of the idea that Liverpool just sent out a mass email and, and, and everybody got it and that, that's when the news came out. It, it, it really doesn't work like that, um, not least because clubs are rarely that helpful uh, for starters, to be honest. Uh, you know, it, it, It's not often that you'll just get a, a straight brief out about something as, as interesting as that. So so I think, yeah, so I think that's how it worked. Um, in terms of, yeah, the, the, the reaction to the, the news, I think, you know, it's well. I, I think fans are completely right to to be sort of almost infuriated by it. Really, I think yeah. Liverpool have, have sort of predicated the whole strategy, haven't they, over the last couple of years on on being okay. We're we're, we're the smartest guys in the room. We will, we, you know, if we decide not to sign a midfielder last summer, it's because you know that we've got this genius move lined up, or or we're, we're putting all our money together for one player who's going to be the absolute perfect fit. And now, you know. This coming out now, it completely makes a mockery of that. Yeah. Uh, so I touched on this in the Twitter thread is, you know, they, they clearly haven't been waiting for just one player. It was, a, you know, it was either a failure of the football strategy in terms of Liverpool thought we can easily get through this season and, and, and perform at a decent level with the midfield options we've got. Or it was the, the owners saying, we, we don't have the cash. We will prefer to to push it into, for example, paying off loans that are relating to the the, the stadium expansion. Yeah. Uh, neither of those reflects well on Liverpool for me. Um, and, and I think, you know, they've left themselves in a position now where they're going, they're going to go back into the market for midfielders, many of whom would have been available last summer. Um, you know, so that, that that's not the actions of a, a really smart club who, who's, who's got this huge plan that, that goes years into the future. It, you know, they're going to be scrapping around now, aren't they? And, and, and seeing what they can get. And, yeah, it, it, they can still come out of it well for me. I, I think you know if they if they make the right signings and and, and, yeah. and they are the right signings and they prove to be to be bargains and, and they make up for the fact that you don't get Jude Bellingham because Liverpool suddenly hit back to the levels they were in, in recent seasons, then absolutely fine. But it still will never cover up the fact that to not sign a midfielder last summer was was a huge error for, for me. And 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 I think that that's the main takeaway from this story, really, that yes, they can correct those errors now and those mistakes that they've made, but it, 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 they will never be they will never be able to sort of cover for the fact that that, that error was made in the first place and, and, and last summer really something should have happened in the midfield. Yeah, I, I, I almost wish in a, a way I could disagree with any of that, but, you know, completely agree with every sentiment there. And I think as you, you mentioned there, especially with the alternatives, the, there's that natural concern with all those reds. Yeah, there's alternatives and there's the bit where we get it, but we could be down to sort of alternative in a crude sense, seventh, eighth and ninth before we know it type of thing. And 
what does that leave you with overall? So, yeah, it's a, it's definitely one to, to keep an eye on and it will be watching it all summer like everyone else, no doubt. I mean, I did want to pick up on this because you mentioned your t- the Twitter thread there and I mentioned it earlier, to be fair. I thought I, it was absolutely spot on, agreed with every word, every sentiment in there. And probably it's good in a, in a way that I'm sure you've seen it. There's been a lot of positive feedback, if that's the right phrase, or a lot of quote tweets even using it in that sense. So just as a quick thing, if anyone's not read it at all, can't recommend it enough on, on David's Twitter thread. But to give you, and this is my sort of synopsis, paraphrasing here of it, people, of what was on there, it said that, Calling it off in a sense made, you know, it did make sense, you know, in regards to the numbers needed. There's major questions, as David mentioned there on FSG, completely rightly, you know, that the price was always known. If it is out of reach, you know, there's alternatives. Yeah, absolutely. But as David mentioned there, we're right, you know, almost writing off those season to, to look at Jude Bellingham specifically and the failure at the top and the pressure it brings this summer. So I'm all, I'm saying this, guys, please, as a caveat, please do read it. That's me very much sort of paraphrasing it, summarising it there. I suppose in the in the cold light of day and now the, the dust has settled for want of a better platitude now, David, looking back on it, do you still see it exactly the same or has anything maybe changed or still like think, yeah, that's absolutely spot on the way you put it out there? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally stand by the sentiment. I think, you know, I've had conversations with people at the club since and, and you know, they will always try and, and push things from their side and, and, and mitigate. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think there is mitigation in this case. It's as a, you know, as I said, sort of, I think, you know, it, it's absolutely fine in this this situation as things stand to go, okay, well, we need more. Um, we need more than we possibly thought. That's going to cost a lot of money. You know, is is ploughing 130 million into to signing Jude Bellingham? Is that the wisest move? That's absolutely fine. That that in terms of a strategy decision, uh, not not a problem with that. I think you know, and I, and I totally get Liverpool's point on that side of things. But it's you know, like I said, I, I think it's it's the fact that it just paints the failure to act in midfield last summer. It, it just showed it shows what a mistake that was. What and there was no need. You weren't waiting for anyone. It wasn't a case of that. There was, there yeah. was no you know, light at the end of the tunnel in terms of making that decision. It was purely a, a, just a, a misjudgment, really, of what they had in midfield and, and what they could get out of it this season. And and yeah, that that that's left them in a position of sort of almost desperation now in terms of what they need to do, and and, and therefore that's compromised what was what they said was the long term strategy, which was to to wait for the ideal player, which they sort of made no secret of was 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 Jude Bellingham. So yeah, yeah, it, it just it just put poor poor strategy or perhaps that strategy has been forced because, you know, of FSG maybe not opening up the purse strings a little bit. So, you know, it's hard to sort of judge between either of those. But like I said before, I think neither of those reflects well. It's either, you know, you've had your first post-Michael Edwards transfer window there and made a really poor decision or the, the owners are, are sort of not providing sufficient funds to Jurgen Klopp after years of, of sort of being accused of, of not really spending enough on the on the team. It, it just yeah. neither of those outcomes reflects well and and doesn't doesn't show a club that's that's sort of operating at an elite level, which is what we've been used to in in, in recent years as well. And and that that that's my main concern as well. Actually, going forward is if the decision making process has changed slightly and maybe Jurgen Klopp's involved more in transfers or you know maybe the the, the statistics are, are leaned on a little bit less if that's the case then there's no guarantee that the, the say three alternatives to Jurgen Klopp that they, they might sign this summer will uh, to Jurgen Klopp sorry to Jude Bellingham uh, will will be you know surefire hits 
Yeah. You know, will the will the return on transfers will that suddenly go downhill? And, and if that happens, then Liverpool aren't going to get any better. So that that's a major concern for me going into the summer, and that's something that I sort of take away from this as well. Yeah, agree with that. I think there was there was hope amongst many of us Reds with um, Will Spearman's promotion, and we'll get to it later. There's been all the talk around Sporting Director, which still seems to be rumbling, rumbling on, lingering there that we might go back to that, as you said, almost Michael Edwards statistical style approach. But as it stands right now, it, and my words here, it seems a bit almost scattergun, hope for the best and see what comes of it. And it's one of those where, yeah, we're all hoping, ladies and gents, but it's a probably time will tell scenario on this one with everything crossed in simple terms. I mean, one thing that we did want to ask you about, and, this was a sort of a, a big take in our Discord groups, you know, in the, the feedback we were getting from a lot of our sort of viewers, readers this way. It seems very much with the story that, and you'll know what I mean by this, David, alternatives were discussed. They were literally named, weren't they, as a alternatives to Jude Bellingham. So just to sort of put some of the, the names on the block that I'm sure you've heard as well, there's been Mount, Berea, Connor Gallagher, Palhina, I think it's pronounced at Fulham. Matias Nunes, although there's there's talk that, you know, not necessarily interested anymore. Kai Seda with McAllister, the two at Brighton. I mean, natural and easy question from from the sources that you have. Are you hearing those names? Is it those names that, that are coming through? Yeah, one thing I would say about some of the names that have been thrown out, I think, you know, and you can tell in the wording that's used in some of the reporting that it's it's very sort of, you know, have been linked, you know. Yeah. I, I would say that. I think a lot of it is... You know, nobody's sort of nailing the colours to the mast on in terms of any transfer targets yet, because I think it's early in the process to do that anyway. Um, so, I, you know, I think some of these names I would take with a pinch of salt. The one thing I know I can say from my own perspective in, in, in terms of my own reporting is that I know for a fact that, and I, I wrote this in January, in fact, um, that, that Mason Mount is a is a player of interest to Liverpool. They, they, they yeah. are monitoring that situation extremely closely. And the fact that we're so close to the summer now and Chelsea haven't reached an agreement with him, it, it would be some turnaround for them to sort that out now. So I, he's a player I really think Liverpool will will sort of actively pursue and, and really do want to sign this summer. Um, so I can I can definitely guarantee that one. I mean, there's some, been some talk that Chelsea value him at 70 million, but I, I mean, that that is laughable to me. Not, not in terms of him, yeah. player, in terms of quality, just in terms of him being one year out from the end of his contract and everybody yeah. can see what Chelsea's books look like and the fact that they're going to need to balance them slightly. They need to start selling players. So, you know, I think Liverpool could get him for significantly less than that. And um, and that's that's one, you know, I can guarantee you can you can keep an eye on and, and, and one I expect Liverpool to actively pursue over the summer. Brilliant. Yeah, I think... I think, as you said, 70 million is very fanciful. And I think it anywhere around, and this is assuming, this is not knowing at all, but somewhere around the, the 50 million mark seems reasonable. But yeah, Mason Mount. It's, I suppose it's, it's a bit of a follow-up question to this. Is, is there a danger, and it's almost unfair potentially on any players coming in, do you think there's a danger that's going to be this with the fan base, as in anyone that's come in is, well, that's not Jude. Well, that's not Jude, as in they're not sort of judged on their merits, if that makes sense. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. 
My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I, I think that's a worry. I think that's a situation Liverpool have left themselves in is that, yeah, people are going to get compared and they will particularly get compared if, if Bellingham comes to Manchester City, by the way. That, that will give you a real sort of Haaland versus Nunez vibe for rest yeah. of the season. I think that, that, that's the problem Liverpool have got. But I think ultimately, you know, if those, if, you know, if it's three midfielders that come in, um, if they combine to turn Liverpool into a quadruple challenging team again, or, or even a title challenging team who, who can get deep in Europe every season again, um, then I don't think anyone will care. I think, you know, I think the main, you know, some of the criticism Nunez has faced this season is possibly off the back of the fact that Liverpool are doing poorly as well. If he was having, I, I, by the way, I think he's had a, a decent debut season. I think he could explode next season. I, I, you know, I, I don't doubt that. I think that he's just adapting at the moment. But I, but I think like part of the criticism he's received has, has been because Liverpool have been poor and it's been like, well, you know, how are you helping here? You know, this, this isn't good enough, even though he scored quite a few goals and got a few assists. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I think, Whoever comes in and say if it is Mount who gets that sort of right-sided number eight role in, instead of Jude Bellingham, uh, if Liverpool are up there, no one will really care the identity of the player, will they? I don't think, you know, when Jurgen Klopp built his first great team at Liverpool, it wasn't really built on on sort of star signings, was it? No one was yeah. Genie Wijnaldum had come in from Newcastle and suddenly turned into this unbelievable ball retaining midfielder who you know was was so steady and could play a number of positions it, it didn't really matter the identity of players and you, and you grow to love them anyway if they if they perform well so yeah i i think that's something liverpool can cut through but they have to get the signings right and they have to work in the system they have to you know they have to get liverpool back to the level no matter who they are and then the rest will take care of itself really yeah absolutely fair sentiment and Fingers crossed, as long as the end result's right, that's all that anyone really cares about deep down. I mean, it's interesting that noticing with all the the headlines and all the transfer talk, and this is completely natural because midfield is the sort of area that everyone's going to focus on. We've just started, I'd say, in the, the last few weeks to see sort of, I don't know if leakings is the right word, but more stories around certain areas of the team. I mean, especially in defence, we've seen today that Levi Colwell mentioned as a possible target, and there was recent stories around, I think it's Evan and Dicker, if that's pronounced right, uh, Frankfurt, you know, another sort of centre-half that's left-sided, can also play left-back. I suppose, long story short, David, are you hearing any other areas of the team being mentioned at all, even with Bobby going as well, his forwards, an option, anything like that at all? Yeah, so d- definitely depends. I think I think this has been a real driver for the um, for the decision not to go after Jude Bellingham as well is the, is the fact that as well as that midfield needing sorting, I think that there's been a realization that the, the defense is going to need some care over the summer. You know, Canate's injury record is not great, even though he's been absolutely fantastic since he's come in. 
Um, yeah. You know, Van Dijk is, is maybe picking up injuries a little bit more and his form has been a, a touch up and down this season, hasn't it? We know Joel Matip, I think it's been a poor season for him and and also he's had his injuries over the years. And Joe Gomez, you know, maybe question marks over his future. I know he signed that new contract, but it, there's been interest in him in, in, in the past and and maybe struggled a little bit this season. So I, I think there's just a realisation that they need a, a, a steady centre-half who can come in and, and start an awful lot of games next season. So I think there's been a sort of move towards that. I, Colwell is, is one I've actually mentioned previously. I think I did a video a couple of months ago and, and mentioned him as someone that, that Liverpool are keeping an eye on yeah. I know Chelsea Chelsea sort of desperate to keep hold of him if 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 they can. Um but but he, again, they're in that situation, aren't they, where they have signed an awful lot of players and, and have to offload a few. So I, you know he he would be a, a really good option for them. I know in Dicker's one I could probably rule out now. I think that that's been shot down quite aggressively by Liverpool. I don't think that's someone that they're going to be in for. But he but he does show you that I think I think they are monitoring uh, defensive targets. And I think that's something that needs to happen because I think, like I say, the, 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 there's injuries and question marks there around a lot of players. So I think that's something that needs to happen. And in terms of the forward line, um, Liverpool would argue, I think, that with Diaz back and, and Jota fit all season, just sign Gakpo. Okay, yes, you lose Firmino, but Gakpo's a new addition there. Um, can they, if they sort the midfield out, can they use Harvey Elliott as a forward option? I think he looks a little bit more comfortable in that position at times. Yeah, uh, you know they maybe would feel that they have enough, and and that the main focus is going to be on sorting the midfield and and, and defense. You know, maybe a, an opportunistic uh, signing maybe pops up there in terms of a, a young player. I saw uh, Fabrizio Romano had said that, but Bradley Barkley at, at Leon is someone. Leon, yeah. Maybe if there's a deal to be done there, a reasonable fee. That's you know possibility, but but you know I think that's really quite low down on the priority list at the moment. It really you know all focus at the moment is sorting that midfield and, and maybe getting in a. Sort of semi-high profile uh, defensive signing. That makes complete sense, and probably the the only final one. It's not so much a case of an incoming or outgoing. I mean, from the midfield, it seems everything seems certain that you know Cater Ox maneuvering to, towards the exit door. There was there any update or anything you'd be he- hearing around James Milner at all? Because that's one that we've heard Jurgen Klopp was keen to get done. Now it's gone silent again and it is very quiet, it seems at the moment. Have you heard anything around that one at all? Yeah, well, I, I got stung by this one a little <laughs> last season, to be honest, because I, I wrote sort of around this time that, that he was expected to leave on a free transfer, which I think, you know, was the, was the talk sort of around the club at the time. Um, yeah. And then a, a, a deal got kind of reached kind of quite late on, really. I think... So I, I'm reluctant to sort of say either way on, on Milner really because I think it's a you know I think both the club and the player are sort of comfortable with making that decision as late as possible. Um, you know, I'd say the, the longer it takes on, the more you think mm, maybe maybe not. But it, but he's also quite comfortable with maybe penning another year. But but I think if Liverpool sort the midfield out the way that they expect to, then you know, and hopefully don't have as many injuries next season, then yeah, his playing time would really really would would take a hit. And that that should be the plan for Liverpool, really. I think to to sort of, you know, even if he signed another year, is you you don't want to see too much of James Milner just because you've got your your first choice fit and and and, and in a good rotation and, and hopefully playing well. Um, so that that's a decision. I don't think any sort of concrete decision has been made yet. But I think yeah, the, the further we get on, the, the the less likely it is that he signs for for another year. And maybe you know maybe it's time for him to to go and start a little bit more regularly elsewhere if he wants to to do that sort of towards the back end of his career. So I can't yeah I can't I can't really rule it out. I would say I don't I don't want to sort of put my neck on the block in in terms of that. But it's uh, yeah. It's it's a tough one, really, with Milner because he he doesn't really operate like most other footballers in terms of uh, 
having an agent and, and how he works around contracts. Yeah, very, very true. And and hopefully, yeah, exactly as you said, the absolute legend at the club, been a great servant, great example. But in the ideal world, yeah, fingers crossed, most fans are hoping there's almost not a need for him, so to speak, if that's the right phrase. So definitely want to keep an eye on that. Brill. <laughs> Moving to sort of off the field matters, because naturally that's that almost seems to be what's what's dominating from the sort of top upwards. And investment's been a, a big topic. It's been kind of rumbling on quietly, I, I suppose, in the background. I mean, I know you've written about it previously and, and maybe the biggest development was you heard things this week that I think it was Alex Miller specifically tweeted that, you know, there is real hope now or expectation almost that investment will be there by the summer, which maybe seems dangerous to put your head above the parapet with the way things are Liverpool fans-wise right now. Have you heard anything more, so to speak, or any developments recently around investment? Um, to, to be completely honest, no. I, I, I did see Alex Miller's report, and I, I know James Pierce has sort of suggested there's some confidence that something will get sorted by the summer, but um, quite what that is, yeah, I, I, I haven't sort of had a steer on it. You know, there's one I chased earlier this week, and there's been talk, hasn't there, GIC, the, the Singapore yeah. Wealth Fund. Um, I, I chased that up a little bit earlier this week, and all the noises I was getting from their side of things were... That that's not a deal they're sort of currently looking at at the moment, which you know that you, you can be lied to. Don't, don't get me wrong, and and and, and sometimes uh, you know these people will will try and force you away from the the truth. But I I didn't get that feel to be honest from the conversations I'd had. I, I just didn't think that that was seemingly an option. Maybe we're, you know maybe I'll be completely wrong, and I, I just wanted to say that I talk out of complete honesty with you, really, in terms of. You know that, like I say, that that's a conversation I've had and and, and really yeah. got it down as a possibility. So we'll have to see what happens. You know, I think I think it'd be great if Liverpool could get something sorted on that front by the summer because I think it needs to happen. I think you know I, I wouldn't like to say okay, well they can't do what they want to do in the transfer market unless they get that because I I, I don't think FSG have got that excuse. You know, I, we can all see the books. We all know what should be there. We know what contracts are falling off. We know in terms of um, amortisation, what sort of wiggle room Liverpool should have in the market this summer. They should be able to spend big regardless of whether they get this investment or not. Um, But I think having some sort of clarity and and some sort of resolution over that would just be positive for everyone, really. And and, uh, yeah, and also having more cash in the coffers, you know, it can never be anything but helpful, can it? So um, yeah, I I personally haven't heard anything as close. Like I say, GIC is one that's been knocked down to me. Um, But you know, the, the confidence there from reporters who I respect a lot. So, you know, hopefully that's that that's correct and, and hopefully something can get sorted by the summer. Yeah, fingers crossed. I don't want to, don't want to say it's a game changer because we never know with, with FSG and what's happened previously. And this is maybe the optimist hope, but I've seen this quite, sort of tweeted quite a few times or asked David, is there, is there a scenario, do you see a possibility, I should ask, do you see a scenario where if the investment comes in, it may be a forlorn hope, but does that change the Jude scenario, if we call it that, or summer plans, do you think? I, I know we've heard the talk or the previous stories about almost FSG ring-fencing money, if that's the right phrase for the summer, but is, in, is investment changing that Jude scenario at all or anything else, would you say? I, I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't imagine so, I think, because you know, Jürgen's been quite clear, hasn't he, that, that the whole idea behind this and the motivation was that, that Liverpool want to know what they can do now. They, they want to be able to lay their plans now. They don't want to be sort of waiting for, for Jude Pellingham, excuse me, to, to tell them that, 
he he wants to sign for Liverpool or or to go through a summer where they have to go back and forth with bids to Dortmund and and, and they're talking to Man City, they're talking to Real Madrid as well. I don't yeah. Liverpool just don't want to be involved in that situation. So regardless of whether that that cash comes in or not, I don't I don't think this is a situation they're going to get involved in. I think they're going to try and get the business done as absolutely early in the summer as, as they possibly can, so that you can have everyone together for a full preseason. We know we've they've tweaked the preseason approach for the, for, for this coming summer because they're yeah. happy with how things played out last time. So I think the idea is yeah to to get the whole squad together as soon as possible and, and know what what Klopp is working with. Um, the, the one thing I would say if, if people want some reason to be optimistic about Jude Bellingham is is that may, maybe he will stay at Dortmund. I, I don't don't rule that out entirely. Maybe he will see that there's value in playing in the Bundesliga for another season. It's a really good place to play football as a young player in terms of development as well. Uh, you know, he's been in a title race at the moment. So that's yeah. ongoing. So, you know, there's still possibilities to win in silverware there as well. So, you know, maybe that will, will appeal to him and also probably have a little bit more control over where he goes next summer in terms of because the, the, the price will have to come down because he'll be be one year out from the end of the contract. And if he is, yeah, you know, he just want to knock about with Jordan Henderson and Trent Alexander Arnold <laughs> and then you know, maybe that option will be there for him next summer, um, and that will be the move he wants to make. It, you know, perhaps that is that is a route he goes down. Could even sign a new contract at Dortmund, by the way, with a, with an agreed release clause in it. Yeah. So that that that's just one to keep an eye on. I think all the options are open. It, you, you get the impression that that you know Liverpool's stance on this and, and and being public about the fact that they pulled out is is something down to the fact that that Jude Bellingham clearly hasn't made his mind up yet in terms of where he wants to go or what he wants to do next. So I, I think you can't you can't take that off the table as a, as a possibility that he stays for another season. And if that happens, maybe he does end up at Liverpool eventually. Yeah, fingers. And I think, as you said, there's, there's been quite a, a lot around that, potentially the new contract with the release clause bringing us to, to the table that way. And yeah, t- time will tell. But I think there's been a, a lot of heartbroken people, if that's the, the right phrase this week. I mean, <laughs> The only other one I did want to ask you about, so off the field, and it's kind of been rumbling on because it, it, I was thinking how to phrase this, but it's almost been a bizarre scenario the last few years, our sporting director role, obviously. Michael Edwards leaving, which a lot of people were sad about. Julian Ward comes in and sort of the the air, you know, and, and that seemed good. And then Julian Ward's now leaving and then it seemed to be he was moving towards Ajax, but that's now off the table. They've appointed their new sporting director. Is there anything further along or anything more you've you've heard around that sporting director role for Liverpool at all? Yeah, so I, I had a story out a couple of weeks back maybe um, in terms of, I know there's been some talk that maybe it's going to be an internal promotion. Um, you know, my story was that, and my understanding was that it, it's it's not going to be Liverpool sort of out there to 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 appoint a sort of, ex, make an external appointment as someone who's, a, you know, an experienced sporting director who's, who's held that role before, um, yeah. So you know that brings a few names into into sort of possibility or into contention rather. Um, one I can sort of rule out a, a, a Christoph Freund, um, you know, as part of the Red Bull Group. Uh, yeah. Is, 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 as far as I know, up until maybe a couple of weeks ago, I'd not had any conversations with Liverpool, and you'd like to think that in terms of contenders, that he would be a little bit further along than that. So he's he's one you can you can possibly rule out. Um, but yeah, it, at the moment, as far as I know, it, it's sort of up in the air. I, I, one thing I would say is I, I get a vibe that maybe Liverpool have made this appointment. And I, I've done a lot of digging on it um, and, and ruled a few people out, but I can't 
seemingly get right to the bottom of who who it's going to be, but I just get a feeling that they've already sort of made this appointment quietly and that it's going to get announced in due course. But we we will see, and I'll continue to dig on that and, and, and try and find out who it is. But yeah, beyond the fact that it's going to be an external appointment, don't quite know at the moment. But um, yeah, very interesting to find out. We'll um, we'll continue to dig on that. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't go against that because we've seen that almost Liverpool style when the suspicion almost things get rumoured on the morning, they're announced in the afternoon type of thing. So it would not surprise you. But yeah, maybe maybe not the best week to announce a sporting director in the Duke Bellingham week. They might not get the best reception, shall we say, but definitely one to keep an eye on. And listen, thank you for answering all our questions sort of honestly and in detail and, and almost giving us as much insight as you can there, David. I suppose one final question Anything else you think, it, I know we have gone around the houses there, don't get me wrong, but anything else you think it's worth mentioning or just keeping an eye on Liverpool-wise, either on the field, off the field, or anything developing at all? Um, goodness me. Um, I, I think one thing I would say is, is going into the sort of next transfer window is that that I, I really expect things to, to sort of ramp up quite early. Like I say, I, I think you know Klopp has made clear he wants everyone in early. So I think in terms of your transfer window, it's not going to be waiting until the, the the back end of August before you sort of seeing players come in. That's for sure. I think yeah. it's going to be Liverpool are going to want to move uh, pretty fast. Uh, actually, one 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 bit of information might might interest you is um, I, I I know Liverpool are not sort of in contact with uh, Moises Caicedo's people at the moment. Which again, if they're going to move early, I would suggest they, they would have been by at this point. Yeah. And um, so that maybe does rule him out as a as a potential signing for this summer. Uh, maybe that brings Alexis McAllister back into you know in, into contention, brings other players in. As we know, we know Mount is definitely one. Um, but yeah, one worth bearing in mind. And, and yeah, if that's helpful at all. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It, it, good to know, I think, for, for a lot of our listeners in the sense that I, Caicedo, well-liked for a, a lot of reasons. But yeah, if it, you just you would have suspected that if it was uh, all systems go, as we keep intimating from uh, early moves, that especially with him getting a new agent, I think quite recently, you probably would have expected some talks, if that's the right phrase, to happen. Yeah. So yeah, definitely plenty to keep an eye on, on and off the field with all things Liverpool FC. So the only final thing at least to do is just say thank you very much David for all your honesty and insight it is greatly appreciated there and thanks for your time as well no thanks very much for having me enjoyed it brilliant good stuff and that ladies and gents is us for another Media Matters we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.